Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We have made it to Friday of week six. Oh, that sounds good and also kind of depressing at the same time. We're already six weeks into the college football season. Seven more to go. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. It is great to Plus be the bowls. with you. Don't, Plus Don't the shortchange bowls. the bowls. I should not do that. You're right, because bowl season's fun. It's going to get mm-hmm. less fun when the playoff expands, but then the playoff is going to be more fun. So give and take. You know, the, the just mm-hmm. you lose something, but you gain something. I think there's some parables about that along the way. Either way, Richard's off today somewhere. I don't know. doesn't matter. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. It is good to be with you. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we would love to have you on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. If you've got thoughts about the games this weekend. We'd love to hear from you. We've got Food Friday coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. But hold those, though. I've noticed some of you have gotten in the habit of dropping your recipes before it's time. And if you do that, we won't see them. We just, we get, depending on the day, some days more than others, of course. But, I mean, a couple hundred texts sometimes during the course of a show, maybe more. So it's hard to keep up with ones that were sent in the 3 o'clock hour for something that's in the middle of the 5 o'clock hour. So hold your recipes, hold what you're cooking, until we hit the 5 o'clock hour when it's time for Food Friday. We'll talk to Bruce, get picks with him, high school football with Will. we got two questions coming up. Baseball is being played, and they Major League Baseball's already finished a playoff game today. We'll get to that also here in a little while. Our picks and more. Brian Haydad in Starkville right now. Early kickoff tomorrow. Does it feel like an SEC weekend around town, though? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was at the grocery store today picking up some stuff. It's packed. People, you know, saw a lot of, of carts full of meat and charcoal. So that's always a good thing. Uh, went out to eat last night in here in Starkville and. You know, it was buzzing. There's a good buzz in town. So, yeah, feels like there's going to be a good crowd this weekend. I, th- I talked to some folks at MSU. They said they only got about 2,000 tickets left Good. Uh, that have not been sold. So it looks like everything's coming together for, for a real SEC football atmosphere uh, on this uh, this weekend. Yeah, 11 a.m. games are hard to sell out. But if you're inside of 2,000 short, short of capacity for an 11 a.m. game, it's, it's pretty, gar- pretty darn good as well. So we won't delay any more. This is my favorite content of the week. 
and it spawned from us on a, and this is like five years ago, on a Friday where we had exhausted all of the ways to talk about the games, and this just kind of popped into my head, and we have stuck with it. Two questions time. We'll start with the game, the bigger game, at least it feels like the bigger game anyway, going on in Starkville, SEC West rivalry, if you want to call it that. Somebody gave me a hard time for calling Arkansas a division rival, and I thought, they're all division right if they're in your division they are a quote yes. unquote rival when you put everybody the in your there. division yeah is a, is a rival like the saints have three division rivals yes now they only have they have one rival the falcons yes mississippi state i would say Ole miss is their rival i don't know if there's another team that i would say is state's rival Ole miss has two rivals they have state and lsu one being more significant but, than the other but still right division rival is Completely accurate. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about, guy? Either way, Mississippi State, if they're going to win this game tomorrow, don't know about K.J. Jefferson yet. I don't think we'll know until tomorrow morning. Uh, And by tomorrow morning, I mean like at 10.30, not like at 8.30. I mean, we're not going to know until the players are warming up, getting ready for the game if K.J. Jefferson is playing. But either way, Mississippi State absolutely must do what? if they're going to win tomorrow. Exploit Arkansas's biggest weakness, which is their pass defense. They are not good against the pass. They haven't been good all year. You have to be able to take advantage of that. Now, part of that is going to be negating their strength, which is pass rush. They can get after the quarterback. State's offensive line played its best game of the week last year. they got to replicate that performance they will be without uh, Dollar Bill Johnson again, which means Nick Jones still out there at left tackle. But he's been really good when they've had him out there. So State's got to be able to get some some big plays. And Arkansas is a poor tackling team. So a guy like Tulu Griffin, Rufus Harvey, those those slot receivers, uh, they should have some opportunities to, to turn some short gains into big gains. You've got to do that. You got Will Rogers needs to be the first number for Will Rogers yardage total tomorrow needs to be a four. Is what I would say. Yeah, yeah. mine is uh, they have to protect. They, they have to protect, well, but like you said, they have to protect well again. Because that Texas A&M defensive front is certainly talented, but for the most part, they didn't look like it. Which is a good thing, obviously. And when Will Rogers has had time to distribute the football, uh, it has gone well for State. So we can do the whole, you got to play clean, all that stuff. I, I don't want to do that every week. you got to protect well again, because if you do, like you said... Arkansas has one of the worst pass defenses in the country. I was talking to somebody earlier about this. The the issue with Arkansas is not just K.J. Jefferson's health. That's a big issue. That's not the only issue. They are banged up in a lot of places, especially the secondary. So if you give Will Rogers time tomorrow, he's going to cook. Or he should anyway. I expect him to. So they absolutely must protect well again because if they do... They're going to win the football game. If Will Rogers has time to distribute the football, State's going to win the game tomorrow. On the flip side, what can they absolutely not do if they're going to win the game tomorrow? They can't be unbalanced offensively again. You know, State this has shown this year that when they run the football, that's when they're at their best. Uh, obviously last week as well, but they ran the ball effectively against Arizona and uh, and Memphis as well. Didn't really need to against Bowling Green. That was sort of, you know, 
going to be easy to do regardless. So you can't abandon the run. I know Arkansas's defense is good against the run. That linebacking core, bumper pull, Drew Sanders, they, they can stop the run. But you got to have the threat of that all day long. You've got to be able to get Marks and Johnson involved in the game plan, uh, running the football. They, they need to be able to, you know, and, and Arkansas is so bad against the pass, you feel like you should have opportunities in the run game. You should be able to run the football effectively against uh, Arkansas because they're going to put so much attention on the pass playing Mississippi State. So I don't, I don't know that it has to be 140-plus yards again, but it, Mississippi State needs to be that, that five or six yards of carry is what needs to be there. Yeah, so I'm going to cheat. I'm going I'm to do two. Even though that's not the game, I'm, I'm going to cheat. The creator of the game is allowed to cheat. That's a rule that I also just came up with. Uh, the first one is that they can't have 105 billion penalty yards like they did last week. State played as complete of a game as they played in a while, but there was one area where they were still quite bad, and it was penalties. They were just able to overcome it because they were good everywhere else. Penalty yardage was an issue for, for State last week. You can't do that too often and expect to win games, even against depleted teams. So they they have got to really clean up the penalty yardage. What was it, 132? Yeah, something like that, 137, I think. 137 penalty yards. You can't do that on a weekly basis. It's going to come back to bite you at some point. And second, if Malik Hornsby is in fact the guy, you can't let him Jaden Daniels you. You can't let that happen because State had a really good plan and they really contained him until they didn't. I, I think that can be attributed to them just getting worn down as the game went on. Either way, you can't let him, when you force third and longs, to, to beat you with his legs and, and continue to move drives just by running the football. He's not the same runner as Jefferson. He's not a refrigerator like KJ is. He's a speed guy, and they say he's the fastest guy on their team. Can't let it, yeah. it, in broken plays or whatever him beat you and get first downs because I don't think he can beat you with his arm. So it's a very similar thing to Daniels. If you force him to stay in the pocket and try to distribute the ball, you got him beat if he's, in fact, the guy. Right. I agree. I agree with that. That's a good point. So there we go. We get a uh, a couple of texts. So, hey, Dad, help me out. There, there's been some rumors, and, and you know what they say about message board rumors. Um, they're mm-hmm. almost never accurate. You should only believe them when they come from. No, you should only believe them when they come from six pack. That's the, uh, the rumor. <laughs> that's how the rumors go. So a couple of names on the defensive line floating around. Uh, one returning, one possibly being hurt. Can you draw any truth to either one? Uh, on on the Jordan Davis thing, somebody texted us about that yesterday. I haven't heard anything about that, but it, you would think it's something that would have leaked out, but it's not anywhere other than that that text. So no, I don't have anything on that. And then with Crumity, I've I've talked to some people. I don't expect him to play prior to the Alabama game. I think that's his first opportunity to come back. Uh, just a really weird injury. Normally, you think about a defensive lineman with a wrist injury, and you think. Put a club on them and they're good to go. And this is just a little more severe than that. They're being very careful with him because you know he, has, he obviously has a pro future, uh, but he should be able to play in the second half of the season. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We'll get to some of your messages and then turn the page to Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. What do the Rebels? We'll throw a little wrench in there, maybe throw a cover in there since they are a three score favorite. But either way. The two questions for them as well. Send your answers in. 601-879-4395 at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. We'll be right back with that. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. says running the ball can keep Arkansas from pinning their ears back, but we're right. Got to protect and throw the ball well. He also said that his friends make fun of him for texting our show too much. Hunter, your friends are the problem ones, not you. You're, you Get better friends. They're terrible. You're, you're fine texting us as much as you want to, my friend. Glad to have you on this Friday afternoon. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Uh, somebody on the text line says that Richard shamed him into buying tickets for the game tomorrow. Well, hey, sometimes public shaming works, apparently. Enjoy yourself. Should be a stunning day for football. You, 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 will, you will be happy you made that decision. It feels, it feels like it for sure. And then we get one message that says, you can't let the hogs get to will. Those tusks will hurt. Yes. Not actual Razorbacks on the field tomorrow, I don't think. Hopefully there'll be no feral hogs on the uh, field. They, they don't travel the uh, the live hog, right? They, they just keep that one up No, in, that's up in a the home cage thing and, only, yeah. 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 It's kind of funny yeah. that people... No, no, I don't think anybody take... brings a wild animal on the road. Well, like, it's not a wild animal. doesn't bring animal. Mike. That's a wild animal. That's a, that's a, ra- that's a boar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild animal. Do you know? I'm you sure you knew this. You can't escape that. My mind was blown when I learned this. When we were doing like an outdoor segment like four years ago. Like regular farm pigs, like just big pink farm pigs, if they escape, yeah. it, it takes weeks, like just weeks for them to turn into a feral hog. Yeah. Like tusks grow, they turn black, like it, it, it just happens like that. I had no idea. I thought they were a different species of pig. No, they're pigs. Pigs are pigs. But there's different kinds of pigs. There's like pot belly well, yeah, but, and all that. I thought that they were different. Yeah, they're not different, different breeds and stuff. I think there's like different breeds of pigs, but like overarching pigs are pigs. I've been to zero games this year. I have to work the command center. I I don't live in either area. I can't I can't go to games. I wish I could, uh, but. If you're asking because you think I'm fan-shaming, I don't fan-shame. Won't happen. We talk about it, but I am never going to shame fans for anything. It is your money. Gas prices are going up. I am not going to fault you for not spending a lot of money. Ever. Not going to happen. So, no, I don't go because I can't. I'm working. Tomorrow's a little bit different. It's my wife's birthday. Shout out, uh, Katie. But, usually I'm working, and because of that... I don't get to go travel. All right, Ole Miss, three-score favorites in Nashville. If they're going to win the game is not exactly the most interesting question. So if they're going to win and cover that line, what do they have to do? They've got to be more efficient and 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 consistent in the passing game, I think. Yeah, their running game is fantastic. It's really good. That's probably one of the best one-two punches in America. With Evans and Judkins, but Dart at some point. I mean, Dart has not really—no pun intended here. Dart has not looked the part. 
He's been good. He's obviously a plus runner, which you know that's that's helpful with what they want to do offensively. But he misses a lot of open receivers, and he he throws he hasn't thrown the best balls this year. So what I mean against Vanderbilt, I would like to see your quarterback have a big day. You know, be able to hit some passes down the field, start showing off that arm a little bit because the games are coming up where teams are going to be able to stop the run a little bit better than the teams Ole Miss has played thus far. Yeah, it's for, they've got to play four quarters of football. They've done it once this year, and it was Georgia Tech. Now, Ole Miss played a complete defensive game last week, but I'm talking about as a whole, as a team. They have one game out of five, and they happen to win them all, so credit to them. They've not played a complete game. Uh, consistent yeah. effort for four quarters is, is what they're going to have to do to cover that 17-point spread because, yes, it's Vanderbilt, but it's not the Vanderbilt – of Derek Mason and you know Sarah Fuller, it's it's not that Vanderbilt. This is a team that is competent. They are well coached. They're multiple on defense. They're capable of not just laying down and letting you do whatever you want. They're going to make you work for it. So I would like to see them actually play good football for four quarters. And another step in Dar's development, I think this weekend they can sling it around a little bit. They also have to establish another receiver. Heath has been really, really good. Mingo's been good. And then it's... Hands up. I mean, I don't know. You've had inconsistent stuff from Watkins. Flash Robinson has been battling injury and some frustration with his coaches. Michael Trigg isn't consistent enough to get consistent playing time. There's who Who's going to be that wide receiver? Because Mingo and Heath are kind of similar, right, in what they do. They need that that slot mm-hmm. guy, that burner, or Michael Trigg to step up and be another option in the pass game because right now they don't have it. So this is a good game to kind of Trigg, figure that stuff out. Trigg not being a bigger part of all this is, is sort of surprising. I voted him second-team All-SEC at media days thinking he was going to have a big role to play, and so far he has not. Yeah, it's you can tell that... It, Kiffin is clearly frustrated with the other stuff that is required for playing tight end. Blocking, not mm-hmm. good at that at all yet. I mean, mm-hmm. not good. Um, it isn't always lined up correctly, stuff like that. That's why he, uh, in the Kentucky game, that, that shove that you were talking about, that's because he, he didn't line up correctly. It, he wasn't the one that drew the penalty, but because they had to get him figured out is why the penalty happened. Little things like that. Mm-hmm. The other stuff, the little things... Apparently, he's not doing well enough to get consistent playing time. The athleticism's there, but it's just that. It's almost like the maturity side of things need to, to pick up. So, either way. What can they not yeah. do? It's not what can they not do. It's what they've not been doing. They have to score in the second half. I mean, they could be up 24 in the first half, and I could still see Vanderbilt coming back and finding a way to cover. Because Ole Miss just can't do anything in the second half of games. This is another thing. This is the last week, right? Even Auburn next week can fi- can find a-, a way to stay in the game and make it interesting with you. And then you, I mean, is Auburn next week or is LSU? It's Auburn. I'm sorry. That's I mean, Ole Miss is going to win that game, but don't tell me that Auburn can't make it interesting on them. So especially if they have a new coach, they might have a little motivation. So. Ole Miss is this this second half funk that Ole Miss has been in basically every game this year has to stop. 
you got to start playing two halves of football. And if you don't, then you know you're going to be seven or no, and then you got a real tough chance to be seven and five. Got to get better there. In terms of this game, I think it's quite simply just mistakes and turnovers. That's the only way that Vanderbilt can stay in this game is if you allow them to, if Dart throws a couple of interceptions, if Evans has a fumble again, if you do bad things in the punt return game like you did against Tulsa. Now, you were never punished for that, but you should have been. Uh, things like that. That's the only way that Vanderbilt can truly stay in this game is if you allow them to by shooting yourself in the foot with turnovers, untimely penalties. Mm-hmm. If they have not fixed the snap issue, and apparently, you know, according to their own social media pages where they put the pictures of practice out there, Nick Broker has moved down to center. So maybe that's the mm-hmm. fix. Uh, we'll see. But those are the only ways that Vanderbilt can win this game. But Ole Miss has shown at times this year that they do those things. The, the punt returns against Tulsa. Again, they never got punished, but that'll come back to bite you eventually. You can't throw interceptions. You can't have fumbles. Dart has thrown through an interception against Kentucky. Really bad one. Zach Evans has fumbled mm-hmm. a handful of times already. Those kind I should of have had a second one. Kentucky dropped one yeah. at, near, the, near the goal line. So I agree with what uh, Dean in uh, Boonesville is telling us here on the, uh, the text line. That this is a Vanderbilt team now. That this Vanderbilt team's not hoping to win. They expect to win. They think they can win these games. They have they've got confidence. That it's a different Vanderbilt team than we've seen these past few years. If Ole Miss doesn't show up to play, I, I think Ole Miss is going to win regardless. But they could be in a four fight if they show up thinking, "Oh, it's Vanderbilt, and we're just going to walk all over." Yeah, you're not going to walk all over this team. Clark Lee's done a a really really good job in the early going and and what most people thought was an impossible turnaround. Uh, He's done nicely. and um, For some reason, I find myself rooting for Vanderbilt. Not in this game, just in general. I I almost feel bad for them, which is weird because they're getting phenomenal educations for free and they're playing college football, two things that I did not get. So why I feel bad for them, I don't know, but I find myself feeling bad for those guys. Like, I was happy when they beat up on Hawaii. I don't understand why. I think it's just nobody likes to see a team just every year go 2-10. Yeah. I mean, the same thing with Kansas that we're seeing right now. It's fun. It's fun when the underdog wins. It's fun when the when the, the bullied get to fight back a little bit. Yeah. Kansas is fighting back. So, Hopefully they beat Texas yeah. this year. That would be just just. Chef's kiss. That would be that would be delightful. Will East will join us next. We'll talk high school football when we come back. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you on this Friday afternoon. I forgot until 
this break that the SEC Network is doing their live shows tomorrow from Starkville. Marty and McGee in the morning, and then SEC Nation live from the junction. They're doing one right now live from the junction. Yeah, well, whatever. This one's better than that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew although, that. I'm just saying it is happening. Although we more hair on this one. Yeah, we wouldn't let anybody threaten to kill a football coach on this show either. So, I, you know, either way, Will, he's joining us right now. Uh, Will, uh, there was games last night, though, right? You're here to talk about the games upcoming tonight, but we had some play last night, right? We did. We had two or three big games. The biggest one was probably Ocean Springs and Biloxi. Ocean Springs rolls on. They win 48-28, to 28, I believe the final score was. Uh, Bray Hubbard with another huge game. Uh, they are un- Ocean Springs is undefeated on the year. They are the team to beat on the coast in 6A. Uh, in 5A, there was a big matchup as undefe- previously undefeated Callaway took on Vicksburg last night, and Vicksburg won this game 30-7. to That was a surprising score. Uh, Vicksburg had had some trouble scoring against some of the better teams that they had played, but they came alive last night winning 30-7. to but maybe the craziest game was Baldwin and Myrtle. I've never oh, seen. God, a, I saw the score. I've never seen a first half more perfect than what Baldwin had. Baldwin ran six plays in the first half. That's it. Six. Five of them went for touchdowns. <laughs> they had two punt returns for Fishing. touchdowns and a pick six, all in the first half. The f- so is that forty-eight points. Uh, 53. Not yeah. a math guy. Yeah. They uh, ended up winning the game 74-0. to zero. They had another pick six and a bunch of others. It was, it, hey, we, hey, <laughs> don't, show, don't sell Myrtle that short. It was 74-6. to six. Oh, it was 74-6? No, that was the score that I saw, yeah. I thought it was 74-0. to zero. Well, we'll give the Hawks. Give the Myrtle points. the credit they deserve there. Come I think on. Will knows the answer because he's from this area. Uh, hey, Dad, where's Myrtle? Myrtle is uh, northeast Mississippi. Is am, am I right? Will is it near? Is it near Iuka? Uh, no, it's Union County near okay. New Albany. <clears throat> well, that's that's north Mississippi. Yeah, that's I, I was not really there. near Iuka. That's I mean, that's not near near Iuka. I, 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 you're right about that. I, mean, I, I, there, I am in I'll no position you, to shame uh, state geography, uh, Mister Brown Cheeto over here. So anyway. <laughs> So so that was last night. Uh, coming up tonight, though. Tonight, uh, there's several big games. This is the week where you see teams really either separate themselves, uh, keep with the pack, or really fall behind. And there's a couple games where teams are in danger of really falling behind. Starkville and Tupelo is one where I'm, um, what I'm looking at. Starkville has lost two in a row. Three weeks ago, they were the number three team in the state. They've now lost two in a row. They're injured. Trey Petty, the quarterback there, has been hurt. He didn't finish the last game. Uh, their loss against Clinton last Friday night. And now they got to play Tupelo, a team that's as hot as anybody in the state right now. Tupelo blanked Oxford 35-0 to last week. That was a surprising final score. They held Tupelo, uh, they held Oxford to like, I don't know, 80-something yards in the first half, something like that. Um, Tupelo's really impressive right now. Another, I, I, Go ahead. Will, I read something that Petty can't play until the fourth quarter in this game. Really? I haven't heard that. I don't know why. I don't know if it's suspension or what's going on there, but I, I saw they were talking about this game on 24-7, and Paul Jones said that uh, 
can't play until the, until the fourth quarter. I had not heard that. I know he got hurt in that Madison Central game a couple of weeks ago, and he, he did not play in the second. I don't think he played in the second half or parts of the third and fourth quarter uh, in their game last week against Clinton. So that that's a big game right there because Startville cannot afford three losses uh, in regional play right now. Another one is Pedal at Brandon. Uh, Brandon's the number one team in the state. Pedal has lost two regional games. They're kind of the same situation that Startville's in. And they're at Brandon tonight. It's a very difficult road ahead for Pedal right now. Uh, another game to keep your eye on is Clinton and Madison Central. These two teams are playing really well right now. And every re- regional win is critical. If you lose a game here, you can still come back from it and still you know, have a chance to uh, contend for a home playoff game. But you really want to win. And Madison Central has been very good at home. They haven't lost a home game since like 2019, something like that. So really good stuff from them. Uh, another one to keep your eye on is Picayune and East Central. Picayune is playing another undefeated team. This is the second week in a row where they've played an undefeated team. Last week they played Van Cleve who was undefeated at the time, Picayune walked away with a 49-7 to win. That kind of tells you what Picayune's doing right now. Dante Dowdle, unbelievable numbers. He gets less than 10 carries a game. Uh, he's been averaging 25 yards per carry the past two games. Last Jeez. week against Van Cleve, he, had, he dropped, dropped off a cliff, though. He had 19 yards per carry. Oh. 12 carries, no. 270-something yards, another three touchdowns. In the past... Three weeks, he scored like nine touchdowns, uh, nearly 700 yards on like 30 carries. It is unbelievable the season he's having. And he's splitting time with other running backs. That's the amazing thing to me is if he was the sole running back, he'd probably be setting some state records right now. And he's still you know, doing pretty well even with splitting time. So they're going to be taking on East Central tonight, a team that's undefeated, but they got to go on the road to pick you, and that's a tough road ahead. Um Another game that, that I'm really interested in, and it's not just because it's a rivalry game, it's a regional game, but it also has a cool name, but also it's going to be a good game, I think, because of the matchup, and that's the Possum Bowl, fellas. You ever heard of the Possum Bowl? Bogachita and Lloyd Starr. We got the Golden Chicken Trophy. We got Egg Bowls, little and small and big and large. We got uh, what? We got the Skunk Bowl, we got the Goat Bowl, and we also have the Possum Bowl. With Bogachita and Lloyd yeah. Starr. And this one is, uh, it's got a funny story behind it. And it's got a cool trophy, too. They have a. It better with a name like the, the Possum Bowl. They it have a, have a trophy with a stuffed possum on top of it. I kid you not. <laughs> uh, and the story behind how it became the Possum Bowl, I'm going to tell it on the preview show here in a little bit uh, at 6 o'clock. But basically, it involves a bunch of dead possums. That's all I can say. Uh, but the game should be pretty good because both of these two teams are, I believe they're both 5-1 and one or 4-1, and one, uh, playing some really good football right now. So that's an interesting one. And you've got other games. I would say Warren Central at Northwest Rankin. That's a game where Warren Central lost last week against Brandon. But they have a much easier schedule ahead of them. Uh, they've already beaten Oak Grove. They played Brandon last week. The, they have Northwest Rankin tonight. The rest of their schedule is pretty manageable. Northwest Rankin, on the other hand, who's 2-0 and in the region, they have a much tougher schedule. They still have to play Brandon. They still have to play Oak Grove. So they need a win tonight uh, as they host Warren Central. We get a message here. Uh, Aaron and Meridian, West Lauderdale, and 4A uh, playing Kosciuszko tonight. Uh, I haven't been keeping up with West Lauderdale as much. Uh, I think that they have 
I, I don't remember. Do they? Does Dampier still play for them? Didn't they have? Was his name? Who was the the running back they had? Who was? I don't know. The son of a Mississippi State star running back. I can't remember his name last year. Hey, now, this is life. your area. Of this expertise. should be your area. I said Dampier, not Dampier. I'm an idiot. No. Was it Desenzo Miller's kid? Yes, that's it. Yes, okay. that's it. I don't know if he's still playing or not. Uh, let's see. What other games do we have? Is the Little Brown Jug, is that tonight? Uh, I think that it – no, that's at the end of the season. Somebody said Little Brown Jug. Oh, yeah, they were talking about the rivalry games. It I, just, I mean, we've got better trophies around here yeah. than, than the Big Ten. I mean, they've got an axe and a, a, a <laughs> the old oaken bucket and then like a wooden turtle, but that's nothing on yeah, what I mean, we've got. Dave from I Ripley, need the possum to have a name. It needs to be like, you know, Perry the Possum or something. <laughs> Perry the Possum. Uh, let's see. David from Ripley says uh, Ripley and New Albany. That is a good game. Ripley right now has one of the best defenses in the state. They've allowed like 28 points the entire season. They're going to be taking on a 5-1 and one New Albany team that's surging ahead. Oh, another interesting game in 1A football that I have to tell you about. Uh, Hollandale Simmons has allowed all of eight points this season. That's it. Eight points total. They have four shutouts on the year. Tonight they're going to be playing McEvans, a team that is averaging something like 35 points per game. We don't concentrate a whole lot on 1A football for whatever reason, but there's always some interesting, crazy story going on in 1A football. So you get the preview show starting at 6 o'clock and then the scoreboard show coming up later tonight. That's right. Coming up later tonight, we'll have all kinds of scores and stories from you. We'll check in live with the the possum bowl and find out by the way they used to do possum burgers at the concession stand i kid you not at the possum bowl like ground up possum or no. did they just call i don't know them? if it was 100 percent genuine american mississippi possum but they called them possum burgers have you all ever eaten possum before yeah you have really no yeah, yeah. what's it like it's kind of greasy I'm not eating possum i believe that they yeah, look like surprising they yeah we used to call them the the the, the chicken of Chickasaw County. Because <laughs> there's so many of them, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little greasy. I had a taste of it. It wasn't like I ate a whole roasted possum. Yeah, I hear you. Or just like I'm sure somebody has. Campfires. <laughs> I just might just pull on the lid up on the grill. There's a possum on the spit. We're, we're good to go. That, that's tailgating right there. Food Friday at 520. Don't, don't forget to tune in. <laughs> yes, sir. Willie's, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Sports Talk Mississippi, uh, the quarterbacks in the SEC have been the walking wounded. We've got an update on one high-profile one and his status for the game tomorrow. We'll tell you who that is and what that injury is when we come back. Come on. Are we going to do this? Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. is exactly surprising. Aaron Wilson, who covers the NFL for the Pro Football Network, so dipping into the college ranks he is, says that Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, he has that AC joint sprain in his shoulder, is expected to miss the game tomorrow against Texas A&M as a precautionary measure. 
after he sustained the injury against Arkansas. I haven't seen college football people confirm that yet, but I've also not seen anybody deny it either. So maybe Mr. Wilson is accurate here. They imagined five, six weeks ago us saying that Alabama would be able to sit the Heisman Trophy winner for a precautionary reason against Texas A&M. Not that he's really, truly Uh, unable to play. Just they're just being careful against an outmatched opponent. I wonder if after they made that decision, Saban smiled a little bit, just knowing that he can. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Deep in his soul, that it's precaution, either way. So yeah, maybe no Bryce Young tomorrow. I don't think it makes a bit of a difference. I think A&M's in a bad, bad, bad way right now. And it's only going to get worse. I mean, if you look at the Mm -hmm. rest of their schedule, a losing season is on the table. Yes. It's, 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 they have to, they have to drop one we're really not expecting. Like we expect them to lose tomorrow. Expect them to lose to Ole Miss at this point. Uh, probably expect them to lose. Tell LSU. But now we're talking about, are they going to lose to South Carolina? Are they going to lose to Auburn? Those are possibilities. So here are they going to lose to Florida? Those are possibilities. Yeah, they're 3-2 and two right now. Everybody assumes they're going to lose to Alabama tomorrow, along with me. So 3-3 three and three going into the bye week. So they're 3-3. Three and three. Tell me what their record is in these six games. At South Carolina, Ole Miss and Florida at home, at Auburn, UMass, LSU at home. I give them, guarantee them, give them one win in those six games. Now, I think they will win more than one in those six games, but I can only say they will. I think they're three and three. I think they beat South Carolina. I think they beat uh, Auburn. I think they'll beat UMass. Six and six. Now, we really oversold them with that graphic. It's too bad. It's really yeah, funny. But te- Texas eight and four is just not enough. Texas, Texas six and six doesn't really uh, roll off the tongue the same way. No, but if that whatever their record I mean, ends up being, I'm going to remake the graphic with their record. And they they could they could beat Florida. Um, I don't see them beating Ole Miss right now. Ole Miss, I mean, A and M can't stop the run, and that's Ole Miss's bread and butter. Yeah. They won't be the favorite in that LSU, game. No, they certainly won't. And then LSU, uh, they just have never won. I don't think they've ever won at Tiger Stadium. So I don't think they start this year either. Now now the next question, because yeah. I was just kind of opining about this over coffee this morning. If they go 6-6, six and six, there are going to be influential people there that call for Ross Bjork to terminate Jimbo Fisher. Regardless of how the rest of this year goes, can you really? I'm not saying do they have the funds, because I think they could pay the buyout. I think they could do it. But can you pay an $85 million buyout? And I'm sure, because he's a Sexton client, it's within 60 days or whatever of termination. Yeah, at least half of it is, yeah. I would say two things. One, I would fire Bjork first. There's no way I'm letting him hire the next guy. Absolutely not. And then two, they, I, the buyout is the only reason they're not going to fire him, right? This is year five. 
and they're going to go six and six, have his worst year. Any other normal coaching contract, and he would be out the door. Nobody would blink an eye. Nobody would bat an eyelash. The money's the only reason people are saying he can't do it. But if you have the money, then who cares? Nobody can sit there and say with a straight face, well, they should have given him more time. He didn't get enough time. He had five years. So the money is the only reason you're, you're worried about this. If you've got the money, cut the check. Get him out. Get a real coach in there. Yeah. And, and fans, I understand A&M fans doing the, well, you know, he's playing 19 freshmen and, and all that stuff. I, I get it. Whose I, fault is that? Whose fault is that, number one? And number two, um, it's like you said, it is, it's not like this is a scenario where he's got to get his guys in. This is his team. Every player on it is a Jimbo signee. Every single one. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. It's the 4 o'clock hour on a Friday. Week 6 Friday. Glad to be with you. Richard's off today. He'll be back Monday. No big deal. Nothing's wrong or anything. He's just... What do, what do people like Richard do on days off? I don't know. He's, he's doing whatever that is. Rearranges his, his wardrobe. I don't know. Yeah. Buffing his many Cole Hans. You know, he's, just... uh, <laughs> he's, he's got his pocket squares out. He's arranging them by color. <laughs> he's paying somebody to iron them for him. Yes, yes. As he has a mint julep, you know, that that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, before we get into it. I'm just picturing him sitting at the table with a mint julep. Be like, those pocket squares done yet? <laughs> Ring a little Hurry bell up, for I got to go. Yeah, yeah. Not a cowbell, but just a bell. Yeah. Matt and Tupelo says, uh, Jimbo is the used car salesman. If you go 6-6, six and six, Bjork and Jimbo will be out of there. Although I disagree with that, I do think that he will see 2023 regardless, but still. He said between Auburn and A&M, Hugh Freeze is bound to be back in the SEC by the end of the year. Do we think that Sankey would allow him back? So here is my guess. Yeah, I think that I think the, the penance has been done at this point. I, I think he wouldn't block it like he did immediately after uh, he left uh, Ole Miss in a complete and total dumpster fire because 2016... Um, was uh, he really, really deserved to coach the 2017 team? That would have stopped a lot of the stuff that we get from time to time if if people got to see that happen. Either way, yeah. uh, hires were blocked or, or in, inquiries were blocked. I think Alabama Missouri, wanted to hire him as their offensive coordinator, and they were told no. And they they wanted to do that, and they were told no. I think that he wouldn't block it this time. I do think though there would still be the. Are you sure you want to do this conversation? There, there would be a, a meeting where they were like, "Look, you can do this, but I mean, this—you know what you're getting into." Yeah. Be like when a parent tells a kid, "Like, we know it's going to blow up in your face, but I'll let you do it just yeah. as one time so you can learn." Mm-hmm. Apparently, Auburn people and everybody's kind of getting ahead of themselves in this deal. Now, Auburn's a unique place because the AD doesn't hire anybody. The AD, as we've learned, is supposed to do the bidding of the Yellowwood guy, and if he doesn't, he gets fired. 
but they don't have an athletic director yet. And I don't know if if we can talk about leading candidates for a job that not only is not open yet, but the person that's going to be conducting the search has not been hired yet. That that just feels yeah. a little premature for me, but Auburn people it's, it's apparently want him. I think in year one or two, he'd be successful. He'll hit the portal. He'll get a good quarterback in there. They'll be exciting on offense. But then, you know, his innate ability to not focus on what's important will be the undoing of him, as it always is. Yeah. We'll get back to football in a second. Uh, I had somebody request a watchability guide. It's something that I did uh, on a day that you and Richard were both off, and he said that we should keep doing it. So we're going to do it. Um, we're not going to talk about the actual games and the results, but did you know that playoff baseball began today at 11 Central? Mm-hmm. I did know. You have, so Cleveland beat Tampa, and you've got Cardinals-Phillies right now on the top of the ninth. It looks like the Cardinals are going to win that game. Is there anything more? Blow that game. Are they really? I'm not watching. Oh, bases loaded. Bases loaded, one out, and a 2-1 game, yeah. Uh-oh. Best fans in baseball going to go home sad, even though they didn't fill up their stadium the cl- today. The closers are uh, the closer blew it, and they had to bring somebody else in. Ooh, that's a shame. Is there anything more yeah, just out. Major League Baseball than starting your playoffs at noon Eastern on a work day? I, I, mean, I get it, because you, know, you only have so many windows to work with in this time of year. You're going up against college football. You're going to do that. They, they, we will do that. But they're going to try to avoid the NFL. But at some point, this is something the NFL does, right? The NFL does it. They put games on against each other every week. And the playoffs is different because there's so few teams. And by that time, there's nothing else going on. But maybe MLB would be better served with having two primetime games. Yeah. You know? What, what hurts put two tonight? games on at 6 o'clock. Put two games on at 6 o'clock. You could play one of these games early. You could play a matinee game. I, I like afternoon baseball. You want to play a 3 o'clock game? Sure. That's four on the East Coast. Make that the East Coast game. It's four on the East Coast. That's fine. And then at 6, play two games. One's on Fox. One's on FS1 or wherever you want to put it. And it's okay. It's okay. You, you're still get, you're getting doubled. You got, now you're like, you've got an MLB game on another network that you can charge MLB playoff rates for, as opposed to, you know, best of Monster Truck Series 302 or whatever it is you're going to show tonight on FS1. Seriously, I've seen seen some baseball people say, well, you know, the season ended, they they have to get the games in. Then start the season two days earlier. Then then start, if, if that's what it takes, start the season two days earlier, because I could not fathom the NFL or the NBA or the NHL or college football, or any major sport. European soccer is a little bit different because, you know, they're in Europe and that's their target audience, yeah. so they have day well, games in America on work day. They, they can't. Yeah. But every other sport would never have playoff games at noon on a work day. It, it guarantees you minimize your audience. It guarantees you're not visible. Right. Who watched the game today? Who watched the Cleveland game today? Very and we few talk people. about we talk about like baseball needing a younger audience and like kids don't watch baseball as much because it's on so late. And I get that, but the solution isn't to put the baseball game on when they're in school. Yes. You know, like, like I said, a three o'clock, four o'clock first pitch, and the kids are home from school. 
They can watch the game with Dad. Sure. Makes sense. But at noon, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. And like Cleveland-Tampa, just use that as an example. I didn't watch it today because, you know, I have a job to do. I was I was working on things that pay my bills because that's what you do at noon on a work day. But if this game that I didn't watch today, that I would be willing to bet the overwhelming majority of you out there didn't watch today. If it were Wednesday night, you may have. I would have checked it out for at least a little while. And there are millions of people like me that would have been like, you know, it's Wednesday. I got nothing on. There's nothing on. Yeah, I'll put on the playoff game. And Cleveland will be rocking because Cleveland rocks and. And I'll do that. It's it just underscores baseball's Ooh. issue. Cardinals have given up the lead. It's three two now. Oh no. Hmm. 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 That's a shame. But that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have a whole lot of love for the Cardinals. So. Benny and Circle says March Madness starts at noon on a weekday, but but March Madness. Spring break. It's spring break. And they don't have a plummeting viewership problem. Yeah. If I promise you, if people stopped watching March Madness during weekdays, they wouldn't do it anymore. Baseball's got viewership problems. March Madness does not. I promise you, if people stopped watching those games... And by the way, March Madness is like a national holiday. I mean... Not to get too graphic, but um, urologists have more vasectomies to schedule, uh, scheduled during March Madness than any other time of the year because yeah. guys want a free vacation to watch basketball. That's Dr. Harden's busiest time of the year. Yes, it is. So if they had the issue, they would stop doing it. I promise. They, 100% guaranteed they would stop doing it. Yeah. Baseball, it, baseball has had a, a declining viewership for years and the, the the younger people watch it less and less and they do things like this where they play their most meaningful games on days when nobody is paying attention and to your March Madness point what else is going on in March? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. We're in football season. According to uh, Jeff Passan says coming into today the Cardinals were 93-0 and while leading by two or more runs in their entire postseason history, it's now 4-2, Phillies. Yikes. What a collapse. Yikes. That's it's only game one, but that's that's a tough pill to swallow the rest of the series. At least the East Coast is like driving home while this happens. Anyway, you've got a couple yeah. of... Uh, get, you got another game going on right now. Seattle in their first playoff series since I was three years old. A 27-year uh, drought was ended. They're up three to nothing, and then you get Padres Mets tonight from Queens. By popular demand, or at least one guy sent me a message on Twitter asking for it. Our watchability guide: College football games this weekend. The ones that are obvious; those are your teams must watch. Games you should watch, and games that, if you're bored, put them on. We'll go through. I'll give you mine. Hey, Dad will amend mine if he thinks I need to make adjustments and give his own. When we come back, your watchability guide for Saturday in college football. And then Bruce Marshall with picks after that when we come back. 
Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Vanderbilt band's version of that, by the way. It's the only thing I could find. That's all right. But what's their fight song called? Isn't it something dumb? I have no idea. Never, don't know that I've ever actually heard it. Well, they haven't had chance to play it much. Has, Vanderbilt, in my time at State, has been there maybe three times, and I don't think they've ever brought a band. So, Apparently, speaking of... Teams from the East barely going to teams from the West. Apparently, Tennessee fans have taken over New Orleans because they're going to stay in New Orleans and bus up to Baton Rouge, which is what you should do, by the way, right. at least in my opinion. But apparently, yeah. there are volunteer fans everywhere in the New Orleans area right now. They might take well, not take way. over that stadium tomorrow, but they will be well represented it was the same way when Georgia was down there a couple of years ago, and Georgia hadn't been in Baton Rouge in like a decade. Yeah, I mean, people, this is what the conference has missed out on. People want to take these road trips. Georgia fans want to go to Baton Rouge. Texas A&M fans want to go to Athens. You know, Ole Miss fans want to go to Gainesville. We want to take these trips, and they've taken them away from us with this stupid scheduling. Thankfully, we're about to see a change. I have a feeling that Arkansas fans don't want to be in Starkville this weekend. If I had to guess. <laughs> well, maybe. It, you know, if there's an Arkansas fan listening to this and, and State somehow loses this game, I don't think they will, but if they do, that clip will be used against me for some Probably so. Something. It'll be all right. That's all right. All right, watchability guide. So the, the categories were the obvious, the must-watch, you should watch, and if you're bored, we'll see if Haydad agrees with my list. The must-watch, or the obvious are... Your teams. You're going to watch your teams play, so I don't even need to bother to tell you to watch them. If you're a state fan, you're going to watch your team tomorrow. Hopefully you're going to be there to watch your team tomorrow because they deserve the environment that, honestly, I expect them to get. I have a feeling for 11 a.m., they should be pretty charged up. I hope so. I think they will. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you're going to watch your team play. If you're a Southern Miss fan, you're going to watch your team play. So that's the obvious. We'll kick that out. Must-watch games for the weekend. I've got three. Two of which at 11 a.m., so directly competing with State Arkansas. LSU-Tennessee, I think, is the game of the weekend. I do. I think it, 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 I think it will be the most compelling game of the weekend, and it happens to be at 11 a.m. Tennessee with the high-flying offense. Hendon, Hendon Hooker, I think, should be uh, getting some Heisman buzz in the early season. He's been phenomenal. Tennessee struggles in the back end of their defense on the road in Tiger Stadium. I think that's a, as must watch of a game as you can get this weekend for sure. That's my number one. My number two, how about Kansas? Undefeated TCU at undefeated Kansas. They're a fun team. They've got a fun quarterback. The offense is fun. The atmosphere is going to be fun. You must watch fun things in college football. And that's going to be one of them. And number three, so I eliminated the drama. I'm not talking games that you have to watch because of drama. I'm talking about just football. Utah-UCLA at 2.30. So if Auburn-Georgia becomes what you think it's going to be, flip on over to Utah-UCLA. 
Great quarterback play in that game. One loss combined between the two teams. The Pac-12, aside from USC, kind of decided in this one, maybe. That might be worth watching. I know Oregon's there as well, but I, I do think that, that Utah, UCLA, USC, and then Oregon, if they keep playing the way they've played, are the class of the Pac-12. So if Auburn, Georgia becomes what it's becoming, you yeah, must watch that game. Yeah, Kansas especially. When you have these great stories in college football, when you have these underdog teams making a run, you want to ride that wave for as long as you can. TCU's a winnable game for them. So why not? You know, they would be bowl eligible, right? They'd be 6-0. and So why not tune in and give that a look? It'll, it'll be a great atmosphere. It'll be fun. You learn some new players. I agree. That's a must-watch. You should watch the next category, one tier below games that you should watch, Auburn, Georgia, because, look, State and Ole Miss both play Auburn. State plays Georgia. You should watch the 230 SEC game, I suppose. Maybe this will be the end of Brian Harson, or maybe things can get weird. So that's more of like a drama thing as opposed to actual quality of football. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, I think, is a game that you should watch also at 230. Oklahoma State, a sneaky candidate to be a playoff team. Texas Tech has improved, but they do have a couple of losses now this season. But it still should be a good environment. It's a beautiful day for what that's worth uh, all across the country. Yeah. But good environment, good team, hosting a pretty good team. Give that one a shot. Yeah. No, number, number four in this category, BYU, Notre Dame, and Vegas. I know Notre Dame's yeah, been a little be bit underwhelming. But BYU is another team that if you look at their schedule, I know they have a loss, but if they win out, they'll have wins over Notre Dame. They'll have a win over Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They could slip in, and they're really they're fun right as well. So you've got the big brand. You've got the fun team, the fun well, quarterback in Vegas. It's another offshoot of a holy war here. I, I can't imagine. I, I guess Las Vegas doesn't exactly hurt for tourism dollars, but I can't imagine the Chamber of Commerce was really thrilled when they announced the Two teams BYU. playing the neutral site game. Like, no, like, oh, Catholics, we'll come up there, we'll drink, we'll gamble, we do it all the time. The Mormons are going to be like, what? what? What What are we supposed to do here? Yeah, what do you think the BYU fans do when they walk down the strip? Or, or do they even try to They don't up? go to the strip. No, they're not on the strip. They're staying off the strip at, at a Ramada Inn somewhere. They found, they, like, we're right next to a Logan's Roadhouse. It'll be great. They found a shelter. <laughs> How far a drive is that? I wonder from Provo to Las Vegas. You got me, got me wondering here. Uh, the next one, Texas A&M, Alabama, because um, for shock value, uh, honestly, it's, it's like a five-hour drive. Oh, that's not bad. So they can drive in, drive out, uh, find somewhere else to stay, yeah, like um, get out of that den of inequity, like Carson City or something, instead of having to stay in Vegas, yeah. but. Um, if you've ever been curious about what a ritual sacrifice looks like, this might be the game for you. <laughs> and then the last oh, game my. you should watch, Washington State at USC. One combined loss between these two teams, Washington State playing better. USC, it's at night, it's in the Coliseum. You should watch that game. Uh, any qualms there? No, I'll add one. Go for it. Texas Oklahoma is always an exciting, entertaining game, and and, and the fact I, I like watching two big name teams that aren't playing as well because they'll be desperate to win. 
both of those teams are going to be desperate to win that game because it, at the end of the season, that might be all they have to hang their hat on. So oh, that's definitely one you should tune in for. And I know it's early with all the state game and the LSU game going on, but fine, maybe, maybe put the laptop on that one. I had that in my if you're bored category, mostly just to take shots at the two of them for both being unranked. Ah, uh, the 11 a.m. slate is nah. busy, busy this weekend. It's busy. A lot going on. The the other two I have in the if you're bored category: South Carolina, Kentucky. Will Will Levis play? Will he not play? We don't know. Either way, I. You know, I'm not going to try to sell you on that. You know, you got to watch South Carolina, Kentucky because you know how that sounds. But put it on if you want to put it on. It's it's there for you. And Florida State, NC State, an ACC game. A couple of pretty good teams. Maybe I mean we already saw NC State not a challenger to Clemson, but a couple of teams that are that are pretty good. You've got the brand in Florida State. They're on the road. That's something, if you've got multiple TVs, or like Hayda said, the laptop, it's there for you. If you're bored, if the other games are stinky, maybe that one will smell a little bit better. So there's your watchability guide. Do you have any more to add or change? I think we're all good. I think we're good. Kelso, as Oh, we got one from Kelso, though. James Madison and Arkansas State on the NFL Network. Yeah, I'm sure Richard would tell us to watch. Uh, is it Cincinnati and who? South Florida. Um, I, I think so. I think that's correct. I think so. I know he's in Cincinnati. Nipper yeah, I know, Stadium. I know Cincinnati is correct. Yeah. What about DK Metcalf and the Seahawks versus the struggling Saints? I will be there for that one. Uh, but oh, that's right. But yeah. Dalton's our hero. I mean, he pl- Andy Dalton played well last week. And he's going to play well this week, and and they're going to win, I think. I don't know. You know, if we just don't turn the football over, we're three and one instead of one and three. Yes, but turnovers. But we've turned the football over. Is the problem way too much? So, anyway, Bruce Marshall will join us next. We'll get his picks. He's got. I mean, Bruce Marshall's always got some fire, but hopefully, he'll bring uh, bring you some more winners this week, like he's done every week so far. This year. So we'll talk to Bruce next, and we'll turn around and do our picks, and then Food Friday, busy afternoon. Glad you guys are with us. Text us if you want. 601 879 4395 on the ceasefire text line. Bruce Marshall will join us next.
from the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you real quick before we get to Bruce Ben. We gotta give a shout out to Ben, more specifically Delta State. Ben reminds us every week about Delta State. We appreciate you, Ben, and we appreciate the good people at Delta State. They're five and zero, number thirteen. They're on the road this weekend at North Greenville in upstate South Carolina, where I'm from. He said some great Mississippian football right now. Go Statesman. Thank you, Ben, for listening. But we got to turn the page now to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Bruce Marshall, our buddy from the Gold Sheet. Bruce, thank you so much for your time again. We'll, uh, we'll get started with the game tomorrow morning in Starkville, Mississippi State. Depending on the book you look at, a touchdown or just over a touchdown favorite at home. Still have no official word about K.J. Jefferson when you look at this game with Arkansas and State, what do you see? Well, that number looks a little high, but I, I wonder, you know, there's some things going on in Arkansas. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Jefferson, you know, his status tomorrow, uh, there's some other things we're hearing about Jefferson there. Might not be all that content. Um, I, I think sometimes when a team loses a game the way the Aggies did against, uh, I'm sorry, the way the Razorbacks did against A&M, the Aggies a couple weeks ago, a game they should not have lost. Uh, and then you follow that up, they got to go back to the emotional reservoir with Alabama the next week. I, you know, that takes something out of the team. And this team, Barry Odom's defense has not been defending the pass as good this year. And that could pose a problem against uh, Will Rogers tomorrow. Now, every Mississippi State fan remembers that game at the Fayetteville last year. Very bitter loss. Uh, penalty kept that last TV drive alive for Arkansas. And then in the last 20 seconds, um, Rogers got Mississippi State back downfield to try a field goal to force overtime with the backup kicker uh, who just missed. So it was a bitter loss last year. But... I have a feeling Arkansas is kind of on the ropes here right now, and uh, Mississippi State's picking up some nice momentum. Good win last week, and Rodgers against if that secondary really is kind of leaky. That is a troubling matchup for uh, the Razorbacks. So uh, forty to twenty-eight, we're going to take Leach. We're going to take Mississippi State to avenge that loss last year up in Fayetteville. Uh, forty to twenty-eight is also the no. It's the over, right? Yes, that's over fifty-seven and a half as well. So State. The points and the over, says Bruce Marshall. You've had a finger on the pulse of Ol- the pulse of Ole Miss the last couple of weeks. Uh, you got uh, the cover for Tulsa correct two weeks ago, and you got the Kentucky cover right last week with us. So Ole Miss a seventeen point favorite on the road in Vanderbilt. Uh, you're the expert. Tell us what's going to happen here. Yeah, this is a big slug, and I, and I hadn't talked to any of you guys or Rich this week um, or. But I did talk to Brett Norsworthy uh, up in Memphis, and he's on the Rebel crew, and he's a little worried about this game uh, just because a possible flat spot, They especially last week, it was a very emotional game against Kentucky. Manny, we'll see. I mean, A.J. Swan, the freshman quarterback, looks 
kind of a gunslinger, and um, he really whips the ball around the yard, and they've made a little switch. Mike Wright, who was the running quarterback, he was there the first couple of games for Clark, sort of switched him to a wingback where I think he might be more effective. The question I have about Vandy, though, is the defense, which has not impressed me one bit. Uh, Sam Harbin will sit weeks ago through for four TDs. Bama, 55 points, no sweat a couple weeks ago. Elon gained over 500 yards against his defense. Northern Illinois, Lombard. I don't think Clark Lee's defense is any good. And I've watched them, and they, they, they are slow reacting. They're not aggressive. They're not as good as Derek Mason's defenses, even though the program might be further along if Swan is a better quarterback than Mason had. Nonetheless, uh, 41-19, I'm going to do it here reluctantly with Ole Miss. I, I think Bandy's got too many defensive concerns. And ground, Kiffin, uh, fifth-ranked rushing team in the country. How about that? Uh, I think ends up tailing, uh, telling the tale here in Nashville. Bruce, before we continue, tell the people where they can get your picks and your work. Yeah, check us out online, goldsheet.com. Hey, how about our Gold Sheet Extra publication and the NFL Technical Plays of the Week 10-0 and 0, after we got another under last night in that Indy-Denver game. That was pretty easy. Uh, got another one coming up this week. All of our picks, my picks up there, too. Also at Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. Bruce, everybody's looking at this Alabama-Texas A&M game. Max Johnson, we know that he's out. Now there's rumors that Bryce Young's not going to play. Does any of it make a difference in this game? Alabama, a huge favorite. I don't think so, although it's CTV. I mean, all we were missing back in spring uh, was uh, Vince McMahon when uh, Jimbo and, and Nick Saban had that little uh, that little. Uh, feud there on, on the on the social media. Um, uh, Alabama players remember that, though, so uh, we'll see. Uh, this is also revenge from last year. Not too often do we see Bama in revenge, but uh, Saban has covered his last four in that role. Milrow probably starts at quarterback. Uh, he will do it a little bit differently than Bryce Young, but nonetheless effective. I mean, he looked like Bob Hayes uh, running out of the pocket last week. That sort of speed, that 77-yard run. Plus, you throw in Gibbs, two 70-plus-yard touchdowns. I mean, they had Arkansas for three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to put that game away without Bryce Young last week. Jimbo's got some problems with his offense. He's probably got to go back to Haynes King this week. Johnson wasn't really doing any better than King anyway at quarterback. He has got some real issues there. He can't get this quarterback thing right. Saving mad, Alabama mad, revenge, all that, I think it adds up pretty bad for A&M, which got popped last week in Starkville as well. 45-16, Bama. I think Nick gets his revenge, and uh, Bama probably covers the spread. A lot of points in the SEC this week with Bruce Marshall running the show. Bruce, one game in the SEC I have no feel for. I can't get an idea. Florida and Missouri. Florida's up to an 11-point favorite. Mizzou has had some opportunities these last week, couple weekends to get to get wins. Florida hasn't been overly impressive. Who do you like in this game? I think there's some real indicators of progress at, at Mizzou. Although, and they really should. They did everything but win that game at Auburn two weeks ago, and then last week that was pretty good. Keep the sharp objects away from Eli Drinkwitz. They could have had two wins in a row here, including a statement win over Georgia last week. Uh, that's more than what I'm seeing from Florida, which, by the way, dropped eight straight as a favorite until Eastern Washington showed up and moved that game to Sunday after Ian last week. Uh, I need some more evidence to be convinced we can trust Anthony Richardson laying this many points. And it looks like, uh, you know, um, you know, Brady Cook is cut down the mistakes at least, running – 
uh, Eli Drinkwitz's offense, and if he can continue in that vein, I think Mizzou stays close here. I, I just, from what we've seen, Mizzou doesn't look all that bad, and Florida is very, very shaky as a favorite. So 24-20, Gators are my score forecast there. If Mizzou can play Georgia that close, they can play the Gators close, and I think this will be a tight one in the swamp. Last one with you, Bruce, and we'll let you go. The, the the fan favorite here is the game that you are looking at, that you like, that we might not even know is happening, let alone have a feel on it. So what's that game for you this week, the the off-the-radar game or off-our-radar game that you really like? Yeah, this will be in the Pac-12, so it's actually a Power 5 game. But I think Arizona is a pretty live dog against Oregon tomorrow. Bo Nix has played better in recent weeks, but... Oregon out on the road has failed to cover five straight away from Watson Stadium. Even Phil Knight would tell you they were lucky to win that game at Washington State a couple of weeks ago. Arizona's not bad. They've got a real quarterback now to run Jed Fish's offense, Jaden Delora, the transfer from Washington State, putting up some really good numbers. They did not have a quarterback last year, and that's one of the reasons Arizona was so bad. They look like a real team. You're getting uh, almost two touchdowns here at home. I think Oregon's going to have a real scrap on its hands, so let's take Arizona in this one uh, in Tucson. Bruce, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, Michael. Thank you. That's Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet, goldsheet.com. Uh, a quick recap. He took State to cover and the over. He took Ole Miss to cover and also, I believe, the over. I got a kick out of him talking about the NFL game last night. Uh, the the easy under, an overtime score. Well, Once again, once again, you guys get on me about watching soccer, <laughs> but you'll watch that Thursday night game. That was just mean. That was torture. I'm gonna play something for you. A uh, a local post game show in Denver. Now here, <laughs> they roasted. That game last night, you've got to hear it. This is I, I was laughing over coffee this morning, listening to these two guys absolutely destroy the alleged football game that they watched before that. We'll play that for you next, then we'll give you our picks, do Food Friday, and get you on out of here into your weekend. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Hayden. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Yeah, it was one of the worst football games you could watch last night. It featured Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, two guys that might find their way into the Hall of Fame Neither of which could score a touchdown. 12-9 the final score in overtime in Denver. Now, this is just funny to me. I got a good kick out of this this morning. Channel 7, I believe it's ABC 7. I know it's Channel 7 in Denver, television guys, doing a post-game show after the game. And here is what they led, this is what they led with last night after that game. They're coming up a little bit later, but they lost in overtime 12 to 9 as Matt Ryan, yeah, led a, a game-winning field goal drive and Russell Wilson suffered two picks with no touchdowns. Let's go live now on Powerfield at Mile High. Sports anchor Nick Rothschild and Broncos inside of Troy Ranker there. Guys, we talked about how the Broncos could build on Russell Wilson's performance the last week, his best performance. He came out and looked as bad as I've ever seen him. What has happened to this team? Well, uh, 
Lionel, we'll try to create some answers for you over the next hour or so. But first off, Troy, I feel the need to just apologize to the viewers. I know we didn't play, we didn't really even run this broadcast, but the fact that you had to watch that on our air, I feel bad. I was here and I didn't even want to watch it. Where do we begin? Well, listen, it burns the retinas. It was that awful. Both teams stunk <laughs> offensively. What was most shocking is they were positioned as ugly as it was to win the game, very like that Texas game we saw a few weeks ago. We need to start by apologizing to our viewers. It burns the retinas. It burns the retinas. It's got, it's got a little Ron Burgundy there. Like It stings the nostrils in a good way. And how smart do the look? Russell Wilson is struggling now, but if you think this is always going to be Russell Wilson, okay, maybe you're right. I don't think so. But he it, might be washed. Maybe he's washed. His what cap if the Seahawks hit, just knew his cap hit like three years from now was like fifty six million dollars. <laughs> so what he if better the Seahawks be just knew they were like he's washed. We 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 got to do what we got to do to get what we got to get here. At the height of his value. Maybe Pete Carroll outthought the room. They look super smart right now. Geno Smith is playing really good football. They got a bunch of stuff in return for Russell Wilson. Draft picks, all that stuff. I didn't expect this. I I didn't. They are so bad. What's crazy and and disappointing, it's kind of similar to the issue in New Orleans... They've got a Super Bowl caliber defense. Yeah. They lost a game without giving up a touchdown in overtime last night. They played 60 minutes plus and didn't give up a touchdown and lost the game. Yeah. Just hard to yeah. fathom at that level. And I saw some people today saying, oh, well, are we now suddenly so out on great defensive performances? I thought, okay, those were they were good, but a lot of that yeah. had to do with pathetic offense as well. It's like saying the 3-2 to two game was great defense. It wasn't. Just Tom Brady's right. There's a lot of bad football being played right now. Josh and Laurel says, I guess I just love football. If it's a close game, I like I like it no matter the score. I mean, I watched, too. I wasn't proud of myself, but I, I watched it. I didn't watch a single play. Not, not one and snap. I, I feel, you didn't log in. I feel better for it. No, no, no. Your retinas are still intact, so at least there's... Well, those pro- they, need, they probably need to be burned. Without the glasses, they are useless. Can't see anything. <laughs> Oh, man. That, that's the kind of energy you get towards professional football, by the way. That's not unique to Denver. When you play poorly, the media does not. Speaking of yeah, that. Did, in the NFL, because they don't, they don't, you know, everybody's getting paid. They don't yeah. care. Which, this is a longer conversation for another day, but I've actually talked to some friends about this. When criticizing college football players, it used to be, well, you shouldn't say anything because they're just kids. Well, first of all, they're not just kids. Will Levis is 23 years old. He's not a he's not a kid. He's an adult man. But um, if they're getting paid, I think that does lessen the oh they're just kids trying hard talk. If you're getting paid to do something, you're a professional in a sense. And I do think that opens college football players up for more scrutiny if they're getting paid. 
especially with the numbers that we see. That, like Jaden Rashada, if the if the story is true, it may not be, but if it's true and he's a multi-million dollar quarterback, when he's at Miami, criticism, I think, is more warranted when he's worth millions of dollars to play the game. I've never had a problem uh, criticizing college players regardless. I say if you take the scholarship and you're willing to get out there on the field, you know that's the real pressure. If what I'm saying about you on a message board or on this radio show affects you, you probably weren't going to be any good anyway. That being said, if people who want to have a change of heart of that, like, look, I would never criticize them, but now that they're getting money, I want to, that's fine. Yeah, I, uh, I hear you. Our picks coming up next. We've got five games we're picking for you, obviously. We're going to pick our teams and then uh, a handful of others as well. When we come back, we'll do that. Get your Food Friday recipes prepared. What are you cooking? What's going on the grill this weekend? We'll do that at 520. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Our picks when we come back. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. It is not too late if you want to get in on the Pulse Pick 6, you can do just that. It takes 45 seconds to do. No email address, nothing. You don't get signed onto a list. We're not going to mine your data and sell it off to a Chinese content farm or anything like that. That's not what we do here. As far as you know. Somewhere along the way, my phone number got sent to a Chinese content farm because when they accidentally forget to put the the blocker in the program, I get calls from mainland China a couple times a day. That won't happen to you. That's not what we do here. Polks Pick 6, supertalk.fm slash Polks, P-O-L-K-S, Pick 6. There are six games. You just pick a winner. And then for the tiebreaker, a score prediction. And if you win, we send you some sausage. Some what? Some sausage from yeah, Polks. No. No. Sausage. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, We won't do anything with it. The only reason why you have to put your email or phone number in the list is so if you do win, we can contact you. That's it. We don't don't collect anything. I had somebody ask me about that. Like, what do you do with our email addresses? Literally nothing. We only contact the winner. And that's it. Otherwise... Nothing happens, so you won't be getting calls like me from mainland China. I think it's TikTok videos. I don't know where it came from. Either way. Either way. It doesn't matter. It does not matter because it won't happen to you. It is time right now for the College Football Fix, and you know what we do on Fridays. For the College Football Fix, it's our pick segment. Presented by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. If you've got the time this weekend after the state game, since it starts in the morning... Test drive an F-150, or if you're not making the trip to Nashville, although a lot of you are, if you're not making that trip, spend your morning 
Doing the same thing. You'll find out quickly why it's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. All right, hey, now we got five games. You're coming off of eight wins in the last two weeks with just one loss. Pretty special. Correct. That's right, Mike. So likely things are going to start getting worse, but maybe not this week. Ah, maybe not this week. Or maybe I've just got the gift. Maybe you do. So far, it's hard to argue against it. This will be a good test this week. Tennessee is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite tomorrow morning in Tiger Stadium. I'll tell you what surprises me about this line is that it's so low. What have we seen from LSU that makes you think that they can hang with Tennessee? And especially a, a morning game, I, I think Tennessee's going to roll on them. So what is this? what's happening here? What is that? The guy on the text line asked what I was messing with. So I'm showing Oh, okay. It's a, okay. Uh, it's well, a stress it's ball in the shape of, uh, of a sun. Shout out to Commissioner State Brent Center? Bailey. Yeah. There we so, go. Yep. There we it's go. a new, new stress ball that, uh, that Commissioner Bailey put in the studio here. And it's, uh, it's a sun. I'm taking sunglasses out. on. I'm taking Tennessee, and I'll give you those points. I think Tennessee's going to win by a couple touchdowns, probably. Uh, I think I'm going to follow the strategy of go with Haydad. I like Tennessee in this one. It might be close for a while, but I am really impressed with Hendon Hooker. I think Tennessee's weakness is also LSU's weakness, which bodes well for the Vols. I, yes, it's it's Tiger Stadium, it's Baton Rouge, it's on the road, but there's going to be 15,000 Tennessee fans there. No I mean, there's yeah. going to be a lot of them, and, and I do think that Tennessee has the better quarterback playing. Again, the weaknesses match. Tennessee's weakness is their defensive secondary. LSU's weakness is throwing the football down the field, and they had a wide receiver, not Keyshawn Booty, but a, uh, a wide receiver this week for LSU is out. So depth has taken a hit this week for them as well. I like the Vols minus the two and a half. Keyshawn Booty is one of the captains for LSU this week, so maybe he's coming around. I don't know. Maybe so. The, yeah, you can name him team captain all you want. He can be as engaged and locked in as you want, but if the guy can't throw the football accurately, he will be rendered no, no, no. ineffective. Uh, Mississippi yeah. State settled in at a nine-point favorite at home tomorrow in Starkville. Still no word on K.J. Jefferson, although he did travel. Can I make two picks? Yes, you That's can. What I did on the podcast. I have two picks then. If KJ Jefferson plays, I would I would take the points. I think State wins something like 31-24. Something like that. If KJ Jefferson doesn't play, you can give those points and feel really good. I think State would run Arkansas off the field without KJ Jefferson. No KJ, my prediction is 38-10 Mississippi State. I think State's going to win and cover either way, honestly. I mean, this is this is the kind of game, though, that in the past Mike Leach has lost. This, would, this is a, a good litmus test for your program's direction because I do think you have a better football team. I think you're better at almost every spot on the field. I think Arkansas's got a better running back, for what it's worth, but either way. Right now, Mississippi State is a better football team than Arkansas. Right now, their quarterback is healthy. They are at home. I don't think it matters. If State plays well, they will win the game. And because of that, I've got to take State here. I can't bank on somebody not playing well if they just play to their capability. I don't see an Arkansas win. 
So I'm taking State minus the nine at home tomorrow morning. As long as they show up and play well and protect the football, they're going to win this game. It's a litmus test for Mike Leach tomorrow, though. You got a very good, impressive win. Can you do it again? I think they can. Right. And not only I think they can, I think they will. Old Miss, a 17-point favorite on the road in Nashville at Vanderbilt. I do a college football pick'em with my friends, and early in the week I had Vanderbilt covering this game. But listening to Lee and Bruce, I've changed my mind. Uh, Vanderbilt defensively, they are not very good. Maybe Ole Miss gets just out to a huge lead in the first half and just sort of coast home. So give me the Rebels. I will give the points. Uh, I I am with you here, especially run defense. Uh, Zach Evans, you would think, has another week to get healthier. Wasn't 100% last week, but it helps when you've got Judkins there. Um, I expect Ole Miss um, to really be smothering defensively. They're, they're getting healthier there as well. I expect them to kind of let Dart sling it around a little bit. Vanderbilt's overmatched. All Ole Miss has to do is show up and play focused. If they're prepared, if they're locked in, if they're focused, they will win this game and win it comfortably. Running game, defense. But it's a challenge, though. Can they play their second complete game of the year? Can they do that? If they do, it won't even be close. I guess we will see. South Carolina is a six-point favorite. Or, excuse me, no, no, no. They are a six-point underdog at Kentucky, that line has dropped dramatically because of the Levis injury news. As of yesterday, he has not been ruled out. But we don't know yeah, if he's going to actually my, play. My aforementioned pick'em had them 10.5 earlier this week, and that's what that line is on that pick'em. So I took Carolina there because that's one of those lines where you feel like even if they lose, they could still cover. 6.5 is a different story. I think Kentucky with or without Levis is a touchdown better. So I will uh, I will give the points here with Kentucky. I believe the backup's name is uh, is it Kaya Sharon uh, would would take snaps for Kentucky, uh, who's got a, a heck of a headshot by the way. That dude's got he he's got hair that that I'm jealous of. It's uh, it's something unique. He's got a, a flow. It's It almost looks like a wig. He's got so much hair. I believe that's a backup quarterback for Kentucky. Sounds like, though, Levis is going to give it a go. If he does, they're going to win very comfortably. Even if he doesn't, I'm with you. I still think defense and running game and pace will dictate this one. I have not, at any point this year, been impressed with South Carolina. At no point. No. Have I been right. impressed with them at all? I think Kentucky has a nice bounce-back game and a pretty crazy environment in this one. Right. Big line in Athens-Auburn. 29.5 is what we'll go with. Okay. Um, you know, the two stinkers in a row from Georgia. I think I said this earlier in the week. Two stinkers in the, a row from Georgia means one of two things. One, they're not as good as we thought. Or two, they are going to pulverize Auburn on Saturday. I am leaning towards the latter. I think that this is a big bounce-back week for Georgia. Auburn is ready to cut Harson. They're ready to cut ties. They just need a convincing loss to give them the reason to do it. Georgia's going to give them that. Give me Georgia. I will give you the points against Auburn in the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Auburn firing Brian Harson will be, after this game, will make next week before they play at Ole Miss really interesting. Uh, in terms of what will be asked of Lane Kiffin at his two media opportunities, or at least it should be anyway. The the problem is with this game, the line is just so huge. I mean, 42-17 doesn't cover. 
42-14 doesn't cover. So they could absolutely blow the brakes off of Auburn and still not cover. So I'm just going to take the points because, again, 42-14 doesn't cover. I'm, I, I, I'm, I got a feeling. You got a feeling. Yeah. 55-7 or something like that's coming. Those are our picks. Let us know what you think on the text on 601-879-4395. Somebody says, keep squeezing the sunshine, guys. Love listening to y'all. Oh, that's Commissioner Bailey. Uh, what's up, Commissioner? Glad to see you. Yeah, I'm squeezing the sunshine. Uh, I've got I've got Where's nervous mine? habits, and so uh, thank you. We'll be right back. To Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. has the scoop says uh, they're still unsure about KJ Jefferson but they are banged up in a lot of areas thanks Donna we appreciate you he also shared how he knows the thing about KJ but I won't burn you Donald we appreciate you yeah it sounds like it's going to be at best a game time decision for him I I wondered this a few weeks ago it just the the way he was used that's not conducive of being healthy for 12 games, eight of which are against SEC teams. Just It just seems like you're, you're asking to have a guy banged up when you go through the grind of a schedule like this. But uh, yeah. you, you are I mean, paid to win games Nick after all. Yeah. Ask Chris Ralph. I mean, that's the kind of you know situations they were put in. What do you think Garrett Schrader would have done had Mullen never left in, in this or in his offense at that place? Oh. No, no, no. You're looking at that the wrong way, my friend. Garrett Schrader was a Moorhead guy all the way. He was Moorhead's chosen guy. If Dan Mullen had never left Mississippi State, K.J. Jefferson would be at Mississippi State. Oh, oh, wow. No question about it. No question in the world about it that K.J. Jefferson would be at Mississippi State. Wow. Perfect for that Mullen offense. Absolutely perfect. It is just after 5.20 on a Friday, though. It means it's time for Food Friday. Some of the most fun we have on this show is talking about our obsession with great barbecue and cooking out. Every Friday at 5.20, we talk about just that. Food Friday is what we call it, and it's brought to you by our good friends at Polk's Meat. Each week, we talk about our favorite ways to grill their Polk's Original or Polk's Cajun or Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as our other barbecue favorites. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick. Polks, Brian. Hey, Dad, you are working tomorrow, but when you're not, what are you cooking? I was a little disappointed today in my local grocery store. I won't tell you which one it is, but I wanted to get a turkey breast. They didn't have any. I was like, okay. I was actually shopping with my youngest daughter. I was like, what do you want me to cook? She was like, could you do some pulled pork? I was like, yeah, we can do that. So I went to go find a pork butt. They didn't have any. So I went down to option three. I was like, how about a pork loin? And she was like, yeah, we'll do that. I was like, so I got about a six-pounder. I'll put that on the grill tomorrow. And I also, uh, just just for grins and giggles, picked up a pack 
of Polk's smoked sausage to throw on the grill as well. So pork loin, mashed potatoes and gravy, smoked sausage. Love it. That's the Brian Haydad weekend. You can't really go wrong with any of that. So I'm not doing any cooking this weekend, although I do need a wreck from from you and anybody out there listening to that will give me one. Uh, So we are leaving Sunday around 6.30, so we'll get to New Orleans around Mm -hmm. 9.30. So Mm -hmm. one choice, because we can only make one choice, for drinks and food before a football game in New Orleans. Because there's just not enough time to bounce around there, you know? We've got to kind of pick a place and go. I mean, there's got to be some good brunches and stuff going on down there. And brunch is a meal I normally skip. I'd rather just do breakfast or lunch. I'm not not a combination kind of guy. Although I do hope tomorrow, real quick, last week, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago, 11 a.m. kick, we had Waffle Bar in the uh, press box. Good so choice. They had, sweet, they had sweet toppings, and they also had chicken tenders. So we, I had chicken and waffles, and I had a sweet waffle. It was incredible. Hope they're doing that again. Uh, I would just find the best. I don't know what the best brunch in New Orleans is. I would ask Robert St. John, but he's in Italy. So we can't really hit <laughs> him up at this time of day. It's probably it's like 2 in the morning over there. So, uh, But I would, I would, you need to Google best brunch in New Orleans and try to find one. There's, there's got to be good options. We're, we're One getting, that has as many oysters as allow you to eat. We're getting a uh, Debbie says hurricanes and beignets. I don't know if that's the route we're going to take, but you talk getting totally drunk on a super sweet drink. There's a lot of sugar in a hurricane, and then beignets. You'll pass out in the third quarter. Just be asleep. When, when I was a sophomore, so I, I had just turned twenty. Forgive me, statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time we were down there and we didn't leave Bourbon Street, and all I had were like hur- uh, hurricanes and hand grenades and stuff. On the walk mm-hmm. back to the hotel, I swear I felt my heart stop. I believe it. <laughs> like, I, I was sick, not because of the the drinks, but because of the sugar in the drinks. You know, it was horrible. I'll never do that again. Uh, just. Uh, Bad night for me. Also, tomorrow, so tomorrow is my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Katie, even Uh though she's not listening to this right now. We're doing something uh, in town, so I'm not cooking, but there's a a tiny, tiny restaurant in an old house in Jackson um, that I think they only seat 12 tables a night, and the menu changes by day, and it's uh, a 7 to 13 course dinner. And it's all like very small stuff because of the volume of courses, but it depends on the day. They said as as little as seven, as much as thirteen, and I don't know what we're eating because it's so many and it's so different and it changes by day. I'm so I've never done anything like that. I'm not a foodie. I can't afford to be a foodie, mm-hmm. even if I wanted to be a foodie. But obviously, for a birthday, we're going special. Yeah. But I've never done like the multi-course like white tablecloth kind of thing before. And I oh, could yeah. be getting up to yeah. 13 different ones. <laughs> I don't know if I'm prepared for this. So I'm not cooking anything. Don't eat lunch. Yeah. So according to TripAdvisor, the top three brunches in New Orleans are at Atchafalaya, Ruby Slipper Cafe, and Toast. Now, I've eaten at the French Toast, which is the toast in the French Quarter, and it's fantastic. And then I've eaten at a Ruby Slipper. I ate one in Baton Rouge, not one in New Orleans. 
But Ruby Slipper is a quality local uh, chain restaurant there. I have not eaten at the number one one, though. So those are your top options there. Port Probably of too late Call for was recommended to me? Out. Yeah, probably Port so. of Call, I've heard. I've heard of that one, yeah. And then Morning Call? Is that the same place? Never heard... No, it's not. I've never not. heard of Morning Call. Okay. Port of Call, I've heard of. This one, Morning Call, is close enough. It's <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's... Uh... You know, didn't mean to make this into a uh, New Orleans Rex kind of day, well, listen, but no, this is—it's a food Friday. We got it. We, we need food Rex, and we got Saints fans uh, around here that that care, even yeah. though the team hasn't really been all that exciting. We get a yeah. uh, ribeye steak sandwich picture from the fair sent to us. That looks great. Ooh. Yeah, looks like maybe you yeah. got a kiddo with you too. Hope you guys are having fun out there. Appreciate you listening. Got some tacos too. Look at that! I love going to the fair here. Yeah. Oh, look at the size of the ribeye that Doug and uh, my God Jackson is cooking. My goodness! And he says go to Willa Jean for brunch. There's another recommendation. We got good good recommendations. But the thing is, it's got to be something like that won't make us want to go take a nap. You know, we've got to we've got to eat there and then go scream for three and a half hours. That's, That's the you, issue. You, you got to be. You, you got to get some coffee in your system. You're, you're a coffee drinker, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get some, get some coffee. Maybe have an Irish coffee. Have a little little whiskey in it, and you'll be all right. Oh, I've been to Willa Jean. Willa Jean's a cool spot. It's right downtown. Yeah, they've got uh, a well, good go. pastry selection and stuff too. That's a good choice. Oh, look at those pies from Debbie and Ocean Spring. I love pies. Got an Oreo, like a cookies and cream pie, and look a chocolate that. chip pie going there. Man. Debbie's always cooking good stuff. Yeah. Somebody's cooking Woodford marinated chicken. You're on a financial level that uh, that I am not, but I have never congrats. heard of anybody marin- marinating the chicken in Woodford Reserve. Hey, I'm not hating. Goodness. I'm I'm happy for you. I I, I do have some Woodford and a decanter that I've been uh, been nursing for like three and a half years. Somebody, they're making their bellin, the bolognese sauce. They're throwing a whole bottle of Petrus in there. And just like, yeah, it's fine, no problem. <laughs> oh man, this is this is really good stuff. Uh, Sue and Greenwood sent us. Oh, I think this is from last week, but that's all right. The uh, pot of the jambalaya. Yep, yeah, that looks fantastic. Yeah, it does look good. Shrimp look crazy. Another wreck for Evangeline. Spending the weekend. You just need to write all these down, man. I do. I really do. Or maybe we. That's the problem. A, tr- a day trip to New Orleans is is the worst thing ever, because you don't have time. There's just so many places you want to go, and you just don't. And now you're going to the Saints game, so that's that's your whole day. I mean, one meal in New Orleans is tough. Even like the 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 best chef in the world would have trouble telling you where to pick one meal in New Orleans. House of Blues Gospel Lunch, another wreck there. Yeah, I'll, I'll write all of these down. I know I've got a few. Um, I know I've got a few, like, already saved, I guess, but always looking to add more because there's never enough, you know? It, it, it's just one of those places. Jeff said the only screaming you're going to be doing is an anguish. Love your optimism, Jeff. Thank you. Uh-huh. Hey, we're we're five-and-a-half-point favorite on Sunday. Explain that to me. I cannot. <laughs> I don't get it. I will not try to. We'll, uh, we'll read more of your messages when we come back. It's Food Friday. It's Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. Don't go anywhere. 
Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say, sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. My guess is you'll be hearing a lot of that tomorrow. I'm going to say at least seven times. We didn't pick that game. You got one? Pain? Oh, Bama's going to easily cover that spread. I I mean, I won't be watching because we'll be at our our 13-course dinner, apparently. Um, Yeah. But... Is there any reason at all? I know Lee Sterling came on here yesterday and said that Texas A&M is going to cover. Is there any reason at all to think they actually will? Is there anything? No, and I thought I thought that was a misstep by Lee. That they can't score, and they can't stop the run. And if Bryce Young can't go, Alabama's going to run the ball with Milrow and Gibbs. They can't do it, and and, and you put all that. I mean, even if that was if it was just that, I wouldn't like their chances to, to cover. But then you throw in all this personal stuff between Nick and Jimbo and what happened this offseason. Saban doesn't usually go out of his way to embarrass teams. Sometimes he, his team just can't help it. I mean, they're just that much better than you. But normally he is a pretty good sport about taking the, 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 the gas off late in the game. I don't think that's going to happen today or tomorrow. I think he might he might try to rub it in a little bit. So no, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But on this one, I really feel confident that Alabama is going to murder them in broad daylight. Well, it'll be at night, but still under the lights. The lights will be on. The lights will be on. So it seems like it, the the hype around that game has completely gone away. It doesn't seem like it has because of how bad A&M's been, and that's been the talk, and Max Johnson and all that. But Alabama fans have not forgotten uh, about that. The get-in price Ooh. is extremely high. Uh, the most expensive ticket of the weekend in the SEC is that one, if you can believe it. I- I've been to Bryant Denny a handful of times in my life. It is not exactly when I've been a charged-up environment. I was more impressed with Georgia fans than I was Alabama fans, and I saw two equally... The games were about equal in terms of opponent and caliber and time of day. It just doesn't get like that very often because they're so used to winning, it doesn't matter. That's not going to be the case tomorrow night. It's going to be nasty. I agree. I think so. And let's not also let's not forget AM beat them last year and they remember that as well. I mean there's just nothing going in AM's favor here. Everything points to Alabama just wiping them off the face of the earth. Then what happens next? What happens then they next? They take their bye week and they try to bounce back against South Carolina. I mean they really are, and just they're just trying to play this out and, and one game at a time. And 
you know, they can't look ahead. Hopefully you can beat South Carolina and give yourself something to, to grab onto to, to, to go into the next week. Let's, let's do that with our teams, too. If Mississippi State wins, what happens next? They're going to be. I think they would be favored to go up to Kentucky and win. And then you're six and one when you go to Alabama. You're probably ranked what eighteenth, seventeenth, or something like Somewhere that. Somewhere in there. You're six and one. I mean, then it just becomes about. You know, Leach has lost forty-one nothing and forty-nine nine to Alabama. Can we have a respectable result against Alabama? All right. In Leach's time, everybody else in the West has had a respectable game against Alabama. Everybody else has had a game that they've lost by two touchdowns or less. And you've lost both games by 40. So can it just be respectable? You can lose. Nobody will care if you lose. But lose 35-21. to 21. Compete. You know, score some points. Move the football. Compete. Don't Man, just get blown off the face of the earth. A win tomorrow makes Kentucky and Lexington next week at night massive. Huge. Yeah. It, and what an opportunity for, and, and you know, some people get upset that the media does things like this sometimes. Well, why don't we focus on on the game at hand? Well, what we say here is not impacting the team. Doesn't matter. Will, Will Rogers isn't listening to us right now. He's good. He's focused on on tomorrow. We can focus on the week after. If State wins this game tomorrow, which I think they will, that that is such a huge. These next two games are. Unbelievably massive opportunities for Mike Leach and Mississippi State to capture the momentum so, that you that you hoped and expected was going to come. Winning these next two makes that a reality. Alabama and Georgia are going to be favored in every game they play the rest of the way. Yes. So let's just put them in the playoff, right? They're both probably going to make the playoff. That means you've got an SEC team that can make the Sugar Bowl, and then you got the other team, somebody that's going to make the Citrus Bowl, right? There are four teams. Could you get two vying. in access bowls still? If two make the playoff, you couldn't could you get two depending you on ranking? Could, but it just depends on ranking, right? So, but I mean that's fine then. So you've got you got four teams kind of battling for three spots. Tennessee, Tennessee's probably going to get one of those spots. Ole Miss, State, and Kentucky. Ole Miss has already beaten Kentucky. If State beats Kentucky, if you're a State fan, you should feel pretty good about your chances to maybe make the Citrus Bowl and possibly if you can go nine and three. Go to go to the maybe the uh, the Peach Bowl is a playoff bowl this year, so maybe it would be the Orange Bowl. Possibly a trip down to Miami. Another, another trip to Miami, yeah. So something like that. It's been some time since so the last there, one. I feel like it, there'd be some new juice. Thing, and, well, this is the thing that this it upsets me all the time. Is like, oh, if you're not in the playoff, it doesn't matter. Tell tell State and Ole Miss fans that a trip to the Orange Bowl doesn't matter. Tell Tennessee fans after these years of suffering that them, hey, you didn't win the conference, but you get to go to the Orange Bowl or the Sugar Bowl. That they're not stoked about that. It matters. It matters. It would be the most watched game they played all season, too. If you're state or state or you're Ole Miss and you go nine and three or ten and two, and well, you didn't get the Access Bowl, but you end up at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando for New Year's Day, you get to take the kids to Disney. Fans would be all over that. Yeah, and these games matter. They they matter and they would also be playoff games in two years. Yes, that's the that's the other side of that too. Is it's validation? I mean, it's so many things, right? When uh, Mississippi State has not like been in the wilderness or whatever. I mean, Joe Moorhead did go to two bowl games, right? He did. 
You had the COVID year, yeah. and State went to a bowl game last year. It's not like they've been a, a dumpster fire. That, that's not the, the case at all, really. But it would still be like like this validation, this years of mediocrity turned into what you were hoping you would become with the hiring of Mike Leach, and even though the Orange Bowl was not a playoff game, the the relief that would come with getting that bid. Yeah, you feel be, great. Yeah. Especially when you look at next season, technically you're supposed to bring everybody back. Will Rogers will be back next year. A lot, a lot of the seniors have already said they're taking their COVID year. Jet Johnson and Cole Smith have said that they're coming back. Um, you know, Emmanuel Forbes, I don't know. It'll depend on his draft grade. He's probably gone, but State's done well in cornerback recruiting. All of your receivers, Ra Ra Thomas, Tulu Griffin, they're going to be back next year. Justin Robinson. There's a lot coming back for MSU next season. It should be another good year. Somebody says, what do you mean if State wins? I mean, I think they will. I've picked uh, them, but it's... I'm, I'm, I'm never going to say, you know. When they play East Tennessee State, I'll say when State wins. Yes. Yeah. Furman beat East Tennessee State on the road this year, so I think I think State's got it covered in this one. Yeah. This isn't uh, your yeah. grandfather's... What are they? I think they're the Mountaineers. I forgot. It doesn't matter. Who? East, East, East Tennessee, Tennessee State? State? They're the moccasins, aren't they? No, that's Chattanooga. So you got East Tennessee and then Tennessee Chattanooga. They're the mocks. Oh, they're the they're the Buccaneers. Buccaneers. That's yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're the Buccaneers. I knew there were ears. On the flip side, what happens if they lose? What what's next if they lose tomorrow? Again, I or don't State, think they will. You have, but... be, you have to beat Kentucky. You have to beat them to have any chance to be improved over last year. Because if you lose and you're what you'd be what four and three. And then you know you've got Alabama and Georgia, so that's seven and five, assuming you win the Egg Bowl. And if you're six and five going to the Egg Bowl, and you hadn't beat them in two years, that's a pressure cooker that Mike Leach would like to avoid, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Simple for sure. Uh, got to win tomorrow. Yeah, it's an important one. I, I, we did this earlier in the week. I. St- must win is it feels so strong, but I really do. I agree. I think you just it's you got to have it. You've got to win this game tomorrow for so many reasons. Yeah, pretty pretty significant favorite at home. Possible injured quarterback. Finally developing some momentum. Should be a nice crowd tomorrow. All that. This is this is the time. This is the time, especially to take advantage of somebody that appears to be reeling. Uh, deliver the kill shot. That final blow. The knockout punch to Arkansas. They can do that. Tomorrow. We got final thoughts with you next. 6018794395 is the text line. If you want to be a part, we'd love to have you. Just a few more minutes left with you on this Friday. We'll be back. Sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
Doing last time with you, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad on this Friday. Uh, ahead of Ole Miss Vanderbilt in Nashville. That's tomorrow at 3. Mississippi State, Arkansas in the morning. Get your coffee ready. It's 11 a.m. Mississippi State hosting Arkansas as a ranked team. And Southern Miss and Troy. Southern Miss is a six and a half point dog on the road under the lights at Troy. This would be, speaking of big games, or what a win could mean, we talked about it after Tulane and what that meant for Will Hall. But going on the road and getting a win here would also mean just as much and be so impactful for the immediate future of that program, too. It would be huge. Absolutely huge. Just be, you know what? Never mind where the game is and all that. Just to get two wins in a row, to stack a couple wins on top of it, I guess it would be three wins in a row, stack a couple wins on top of each other, that does so much for your, for your football program. That's what State's doing right now that they had not done previously under Leach is stack wins. You know, they've won two in a row. They're going to try to make it three in a row. You need to be able to do that. And, and Will Hall has a good chance to do that tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Again, six-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, Troy, shoulda, coulda, woulda, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the final score. But Troy is a Hail Mary from Appalachian State's own 45-yard line as time expires from being 4-1, and one, and that one loss being Ole Miss. Yeah. So Summerall's done a, a nice yeah. job over there for sure. Done a good job. That game got moved, by the way, to ESPN2. The game's on ESPN2 now on Saturday night. I don't know what happened or, or why or, or whatever, but... I'll give it a look. I mean, that means it can make the rotation. It can make the rotation now. So if you guys are curious, if you're not a Southern Miss fan, I know Southern Miss fans are excited about that, but if you're not a Southern Miss fan and you're curious, there you go. It went from plus to you to two. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Meteoric rise uh, for that game. So uh, we'll see. Of course, we'll talk about that game and everything else that happens this weekend on Monday's show. Um, is there anything surrounding these games that we haven't talked about yet? Is there anything that we've missed when it comes to State Arkansas or Ole Miss Vanderbilt? I, I feel like we've hit those games with a fine, especially State Arkansas. Yeah. With a fine tooth comb, I it's don't a good know that thing. we've left a, a, peb, a pebble unturned. And here's one of the things: it's just for me, Michael. But between this, this show, and five podcasts a week, and a live show, and uh, I did, I've already pre-recorded the uh, WKBB uh, tailgate show. It'll air tomorrow at eight AM on one hundred point nine up here in the Golden Triangle. I am talked out, man. I got nothing left to give on this game. Uh, State's going to win, I think, regardless who plays at quarterback. It's just that Jefferson can make it more interesting. We can do this then. So I had a park experience that that I want to ask if I'm the jerk. Okay? So we're at the park this morning. And there's not enough time to get a bunch of text on this, which is usually really good content, but either way. So we're at the park this morning, and there's a group of kids running around with little Nerf guns. And whatever, no big deal. Uh, my son, though, is almost three. He's not three yet, but he's almost three. And bigger kids kind of, you know, make him a little timid because they're bigger and faster and, and all that. So he's kind of a little bit afraid of them anyway. But one of the kids walks right up to my son and points the Nerf gun in between his eyes, without without a, bullet, without a pellet in it, though, but still, in between his eyes and pulls a trigger. And all I said was, in this exact tone, 
hey, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And his mom from the benches close by said, he's just having fun, don't parent my kid. And I said, I feel bad about this, I was like, somebody doesn't, somebody needs to, because that can't happen, that's unacceptable. And she said, mm-hmm. again, it's fine, they're just kids. And then I just picked James up and walked away. I didn't confront her or anything, but... Yeah. Well, it have been like, James, kick him, kick him in the jimmy. Yeah. But, I mean, walked right up to him. That's my son to do with that. And all I said was, no, not hey, acceptable. don't do that. That's all I said. That's not acceptable under any circumstances. None. Thank you. I felt None. bad kind of for You're, saying, like, somebody needs nope, to. Nope. Somebody, the person should feel bad is the mom. She's not getting the job done. And, of course, the second the kid, the, the, he, he did that and went bang. And so James turns to me and gives me, like, that little bottom lip quiver like he was about to cry yeah. but didn't know if he, exactly. he, if he should or shouldn't. I hate that lip. No. All that lip breaks my heart. No. And so, yeah. Did you see this thing with the, the nursery in Hamilton that's going around this video? No. Like, we got 45 I don't know what was going on, but... So one of the teachers there puts on like a scream mask or something and is walking around screaming at the kids. They're all te- they're all like two and three year old kids. They're terrified and they're videoing the whole thing. It's on. You can find it on Facebook if you want to look for it. They all got fired from Good. what I could tell, or got suspended or something. I have no idea what the motivation was for these people. Like I'm just gonna go scare a bunch of toddlers today. People are dumb. They some pe- people are really dumb. Yeah, they are. That's how we're going to end the show this week. People are dumb. They are. What are you thinking? We'll see you guys on Monday at three. Y'all have a good weekend. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.